This is the Athletic Hockey Show. a Thursday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. It's Ian Mendes, Sean McIndoe with you, as always, in these seats. Uh, coming up, Jesse Granger is going to drop by for Granger Things. We've got a whole bunch of uh, emails uh, from uh, from listeners, too, that we want to uh, get to. Lots of, uh, lots of stuff, but I, I want to lead off with this, Sean, because, and I, look, I, I listened to a good chunk of the Wednesday edition of the pod, and I know that they touched on the Board of Governors uh, stuff as well, you know, with... Um, everything that came out of there. But I want to ask you this because I, I know that sometimes you get a little bit fired up on, on stuff that comes out of the commissioner at these types of things. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you kind of a, you know, which one did, did you have a bigger problem with? Or maybe you didn't have a problem with either of these things, but oh, I you know, know that's that you, not, you know, that's but, not true. I know that that doesn't feel I right. I will that warn people. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really under the weather now. So you're not getting fired up today. So we, we dial the expectations down on that, but uh, they, 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 I, uh, I, yeah, I, I had an issue with, with, uh, both of the things he said. Okay. But, but that, one more know, than the others. Yeah. Okay. And, but, but you know what, you might be under the weather, but it gives you that good kind of rich, deep podcast voice. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's what you got going. That's right what now. I'm looking for. Yeah. By the way, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I feel, I feel like 80% of, uh, North America is under the weather right now. So you're certainly yeah. not. Uh, you're certainly not alone. Uh, this is this uh, is the I've I've got the same voice I had going when we uh, did the live show from the draft in uh, Montreal, but that was a it was a very different set of circumstances. Yeah, that was yeah that was self inflicted. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So here we go. Gary Bettman comes out of the Board of Governors meetings, and look, I'm a Pierre LeBrun truther. Okay, and when when mm-hmm. when Pierre LeBrun says he wants to ex- and oh, look, quick side note here. So I'm listening to the Wednesday pod, right? And those guys with Russo, and maybe we'll we'll drag Granger into this because Granger was the biggest one saying, "I don't have a single problem with the playoff format. I don't know what anyone's talking about. Like, we don't need to expand yeah. the playoffs." Uh, Rob Pizzo was saying the same thing. I was like, "What? You guys?" Anyway, that's it. you know, mm-hmm. we'll, maybe we'll attack Granger when he comes in for that. But yeah, I'm I'm all in favor of that. And and look, I'm in favor of expanding the playoffs with a play-in round. So, yes. and, and, and the, okay. the kind of way that I thread the needle is I, I don't even say that we expand the playoffs cause we're still going to have a 16 team playoff. I just like the idea of a play in round to get the last of those 16 teams, give us something to look forward to. Um, and I made the case before. And, and the main thing is, you know, people say that it, it devalues the regular season and I, and I disagree. I, I think it makes the regular season more interesting because you now have in, important inflection points at different spots in the standings, you want to finish, uh, you, you know, obviously you, you, you want to finish in, let's say the top 10 to get into the playoff round, but you also really want to finish sixth so that you don't have to play the play in round. You get right in and you also want to finish first or second because you're going to get a play in team uh, who's going to be tired because, you know, they haven't had the rest that you've been having while uh, uh, they're doing the play in round a- a versus uh, a scenario like last year where, you know, you talk about devaluing the regular season we knew the eight Eastern Conference playoff teams in late November right last year, and and yeah. none of the rest of it mattered um, because in the NHL, you know, the uh, upsets are so frequent and everything that home ice really doesn't matter. It's it's not like playing for seeding is all that interesting. So 
that's my argument for doing it. But I will say two things. First of all, I, I do get the arguments. There, there are certain things where I've got opinions on the NHL, and I'm just sitting there going, "If you don't agree, you're just you're just wrong." Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, you know, if you like the loser point, you're just wrong. Like, that's I'm sorry. There's, there's, you know, there is not a good argument for it. This doesn't fall into that category. There are good arguments for it, and I do understand. I hear a lot of feedback from from hockey fans in, in different channels. Uh, there's an awful lot of fans out there who agree with Gary Bettman. They don't want to see this. They agree with Granger and, and everyone. Um, they don't want to see it. They, they think it's just fine the way it is. I get that, and, and I respect that. So in that sense, I didn't like Gary Bettman being all dismissive about it. Um, but I do get that there's a lot of people saying, you know what, for once, good for the commissioner for, for saying no to something um, that, uh, uh, that they also don't want to see. Okay, so here are the two comments from Bettman. Okay, I'm going to read out two quotes. You tell me what you had a bigger problem with. One quote from Bettman is, quote, you're looking to fix a problem that doesn't exist. That's Gary Bettman on the playoff yeah. format. The other quote is, quote, the polling we do with our fans gives us the feedback that it's a non-issue. That's Gary Bettman on digital rink board uh, rink board advertising. So let me ask you, mm -hmm. you, you can only pick one comment that you, you, you really want to zero in on and nitpick and say, you know what, Gary, I'd like to push back on this one. Which one are you going to push back on? If you, if you're in an elevator with Gary Bettman and you get a chance to push back on one, one of these things, what are you doing? It's, it's, it's going to be the second one. Um, and, and again, because the first one, I see where he's coming from. I, he doesn't need to be this dismissive and combative all the time. You know, he could absolutely say, hey, I, I see the argument for it. Here is my argument against it. And, and you know, we could have that conversation instead of just sneering uh, at people and, you know, they're making up issues that don't exist, just like we all made up, you know, the, the wanting to know what the cap hits were back when they weren't releasing that information. And he said, nobody cares about that and, you know, all of this stuff. So I don't like that approach. And I will say this, all the people, every time I criticize Gary Bettman, I always hear from somebody saying, well, Gary Bettman doesn't actually make these decisions. It's it's the owners. It's the teams. He just reports to them. He's just basically a glorified stenographer. Pierre reported that he talked to 12 governors and all 12 wanted to expand the playoffs. Right. Um, but he said that they won't bring, they, they're not pushing for it because they know they will face the wrath of Gary Bettman was, I think, how he put it. So just remember that the next time you're trying to defend Gary Bettman saying, oh, he doesn't actually get to make the decisions, um, in this case at least, uh, he certainly does have the ability to to, to flex on his his so called box bosses and, and tell them what to do. Now, the one that really bothered me was that second one with the digital ads because I said I you know I hear feedback from fans. I I know that uh, a lot of them are fine with the playoffs. I know a lot of fans hate these new digital ads. They hate that they're animated. They hate that they glitch. Um, I hear from some fans who say, "Well, as long as they don't glitch and they don't animate, I don't mind them." Well, they do glitch and they do animate. So. You know, that, that's not much of a defense of them. Um, and again, we, we all get it. It's revenue, right? They're making a ton of money off of yeah. this. If Gary Bettman just said, look, it's an important revenue stream. It's new technology. We're very happy with how it's working, but we get that it's not perfect. We're still working on it. We hear the feedback, um, but, but we're going to keep moving forward with it. I don't think anyone would have a problem with it. But he's got to go and give us this, this fake fan survey. I'll just say it. Because he pulls this out all the time. Whenever he's criticized on something, he's always got some fan survey or some feedback. He's always saying, well, the fans I talk to always say that, what fans does he talk to? What, you know, has anyone out there ever had 
an avenue to communicate with Gary Bettman and, and send their opinions. I, I I posted on Twitter. I said, please, if you were, you know, I've got 100,000 hockey fan followers. One of you must have been part of this survey that they did. <laughs> Tell me what it was. Let me know what the questions were. I'd love to see it. There's nothing out there. Um, this is just, you know, because because not only did Gary Bettman say that the fans didn't mind it. And, and again, I know that some fans don't mind it. Some fans are fine with it. He said it actually enhanced their viewing experience. You know, there was some sort of comment that it was, you yeah. know, the feedback from fans was this was actually making it better. <laughs> nobody said that. Let's just okay. say, Gary Bettman, nobody said that. There is not one fan out there who was like, you know what, this aggressive marketing really enhances my, my experience. Having animated pucks and cars flying around the ice really does enhance my experience. There's a lot of fans who don't mind it. There's a lot of fans who probably don't love it, but they understand, hey, we all want the cap to go up. Get, go get some revenue. You're a business. We get it. But again, they're just the arrogance of, of him just not being able to just acknowledge another side. And he's got to go and make up these nonsense surveys that he says he's doing, which I really hope are fake. Because the other option is there are people in the NHL office whose job is to create these surveys that just tell Gary Bettman what he wants to hear. And that is a, a total dereliction of leadership if that's how it's going. So I sure hope they're fake because uh, the alternative is is even worse. Yeah, it's 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 remarkable to me because they are visually distracting. Like, and that's the, at best, at best, they're visually distracting. And look, we went through this in the 90s when we had a, a tracker on a puck and people were like, ah, oh, this is this is too distracting. Well, and people hated it, but at least that was trying. And it was in the game. Like it was like game yeah. related, right? And you were, it wasn't taking your attention away from the puck. Yeah. Yeah. The, the laser puck was at least somebody sitting down saying, I'm thinking from a fan's perspective, there's yes. a lot of fans in the US who have trouble following the puck. Let's solve a problem for the fans. And if it didn't work, it didn't work. And, you know, obviously the fact that we don't have it anymore suggests that it, it didn't work. But at least that was a case of, you know, they, they were coming at it from the right angle. There, there was a great thread. I don't know if you saw it from somebody in marketing where the last, last week, I think on Twitter, where they went through and they were like, here's why the ads might bother you in a way that you're just sort of like, I don't know why they bother me, but they're, they're you know, they're, I, I just, I just don't like them. And how, you know, the, like, let's be honest, hockey is, even if you're a, a longtime diehard fan, it's a tough sport to follow on TV. The puck's very small. Things yeah. are moving very, very fast. That's what we love about it, right? It's the fastest sport in the world. Um, there, there are, you know, th things are happening. You've, you've got to pay attention to a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and if you're a longtime fan, you've probably, you know, just gotten used to doing all that stuff. But if you're new, it's a really tough sport to watch. I mean, that's one of the reasons why one of the first things you always say if someone's like, I'm trying to get into hockey, what should I do? Is you say, go to a game. Don't just watch on TV because it's hard to watch on TV. It's, it's, it's better in, in person. And, uh, you know, this is not helping that. You know, even when they work and even when they're not animated, they're changing during the play. Uh, that's no good. They're, they're just, they've got like the colors are just a little too crisp. Like there is something that the, the way the marketer on, on Twitter described it, like there's just something that, that feels artificial about them. Um, and, and that kind of distracts your brain. Your brain is sort of going like, what? there's something wrong here. There's something off. Um, and it's, and it just becomes, becomes frustrating. So, um, you know, again, uh, you, you want to make money. We get it, you know, no, no issue with them saying, Hey, this isn't perfect, but we're making a ton of money on it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep working on it, but to have some fake survey that you're going to throw out there, throw back in our faces, it's, 
you know, like like a few people are saying on Twitter, this is this is the equivalent of Gary Bettman's like uh, secret girlfriend that goes to a different school and and you don't know her, but yeah. she's she's definitely there and she says that he's very cute and and cool. Yeah, it's it, it, yeah, it, and it's always the one ad where the truck or the car is moving that bothers everybody, right? Like that's the one yeah. where like I mean, the idea that they animated them again, clearly, I'm sure at some point some partner said, "Hey, we'll." We'll pay you more if you let us animate them. And the NHL made a decision to go, okay, I, you know, it's a business. We get it. But don't sit there and say, oh, well, that, yeah, that really enhances the experience. Like, who are you kidding? Um, and, and I will say, there, there's a lot of fans that just absolutely can't stand these things. So, for you know, for Gary Bettman, I know he's a big listener of the Thursday, Thursday pod. Um, yeah. if, if, if you really are getting handed surveys that say, actually, everyone loves these things and they think they're great. Um, you're, you're not getting the full feedback because there are a ton of fans out there who absolutely cannot stand these things. You know, imagine like baseball has the digital ad behind home plate that, that changes, right? Re- regardless of what network is showing the game, you, you often like you see like lumber liquidators, but like there's different ads behind home plate. Can you imagine if those were animated and moving around? Like your eye would go yep. to it. it would, they would never do that in a million years. So to no, me, like it, he said, hockey is tough enough to follow with a puck to add that element of here's, by the way, here's a moving Chevy vehicle barreling around the rink uh, at the same time as the puck. It's, it doesn't the, work. It the doesn't the work. only comparison is, uh, and, and you know, if you've been watching the World Cup, you've seen it in soccer. They, they do have kind of the equivalent on the boards around the, the soccer field pitch, whatever. Um, but, but that's not part of the playing surface. You know, that's, that's back of the out of bounds line. You know, it's, it's not like hockey where the boards are in play. Like it's, that is the playing service. So, you know, I've, I've seen people say, Hey, I'm a soccer fan and we've had this for years. You get used to it. And maybe, and maybe this is the sort of thing we will just get used to. But, um, I, I don't think the soccer comparison holds because again, it's, it's near the field of play, but there's a world of difference between that and actually being part of the field of play. Yeah. You know, one other thing I want to I want to hit on uh, with you is, and I'm pretty sure you talked about this on your other podcast, is the idea of is it time should we rename some trophies in the NHL or come up with some new trophies? Mm-hmm. And, the, and this this comes out of the NBA announcing, and I know that we sometimes are we we accuse the NHL of just mimicking uh, the NBA, but the NBA announced that hey, uh, the MVP award is now going to be called the Michael Jordan Trophy. Best defensive player is going to be the Akeem Olajuwon trophy, you know, things of that nature. You know, and it kind of got us wondering, you know, either A, is it time to, do we need to, like, okay, let me ask you this first. Is there any scenario in which you think that we should just update the, like, could you take Art, like, I'm just going to use this as an example. Could you take Art Ross's name off of the scoring trophy and rename it to Wayne Gretzky? Or is that wrong, poor form? Like, let's start with that. No, ab- absolutely. You could do that. You just, you, you take, it's the same award and you just update it with a new name. We've done it. Um, we did it with the, uh, what used to be the Pearson award, which is the, uh, best player as voted by the players. It's now the Ted Lindsay award. We took it and we, you know, that was a perfect example, right? It was something that was named after some you know politician that was, it had, wasn't a great name, didn't really have anything to do with, uh, NHL history. Um, and we took it and we, we renamed it after, a guy like uh, in Ted Lindsay, who was not just a great player, but was instrumental in forming the union, and you know, was just a um, uh, you know a massively important figure in in the evolution of the game from a player's perspective. 
Perfect. Nobody complained about that. You know, nobody looks back and says, oh, I'm, I'm confused. Why were there two names for it? Um, it's the same award. You just give it an updated name. No, no issue at all. The thing I love about Art Ross is like, look, and Art Ross is more known as being a coach, but as a player scored one goal, right? In yep. the NHL. One career point. Yeah. Was it just one point? I know he had a goal. Just the one point. He, he yeah. He's considered... The, the guy, and, and that's news to a lot of fans. Like a lot of fans that go, you know, I don't know who Art Ross is, but they just assume he was like some Joe Malone level star of the, but he, he's not, he was, he was better known as a coach, but most of these awards that we have are named after either, um, whoever donated them. So, you know, the lady Bing and, and others like that, including the Stanley cup, which uh, nobody wants to rename. Um, and, or they're named after members of the old boys club, just it's owners or coaches or G, you know, it, it Back in the day, there were, you know, a, a dozen or so figures of power, and they all got awards named after them or their families, like the Norris and, and you know, all of this. Uh, change them. Yeah, I, I, I'd have no issue with it. I don't feel super strongly about it. I'm not sitting there going, you know, we have to change this, although I'm, I am sympathetic to the idea that with some of the stuff we know about Con Smythe, that that one should be changed regardless. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've, I, I don't feel super strongly about it, but I, I've got – no issue with it. And it makes for a fun discussion, right? We can all argue over who should be named after what. Okay. Now help me out here. Like I'm having this sudden flashback to our childhood eighties, nineties. Was there a plus minus award handed out to the person with the best plus I minus? I think and, there and, was. And let me add one other really weird caveat. Was Alka Seltzer the sponsor for this award? Oh boy. Like, Alka Seltzer plus minus win. Maybe. Like, and for some I, reason, I feel like Mark Howe, Gordie Howe's son, <laughs> who played for Philadelphia, had a year where he was like plus 82 or something. And he won the. Maybe we could Google this, or maybe we can ask our yeah. producer, Chris Flannery, to look this up while we're speaking. Was there an Alka Seltzer uh, plus minus award in the NHL? Did Mar- and did Mark Howe win it? Or is that just a fever dream I had? No, you know what? I think there was. I don't know if it was Elka Seltzer or like the the (laughs) NHL used to have like these three, like Gillette's name was on everything. Um, I got to look back. I've written about this. In fact, I'm calling out my article now because there were, uh, there there are quite a few defunct awards. Uh, So let me, let me go down the list on, on some of this. I wrote this about three years ago. Um, The O'Brien trophy. You ever heard of that one? The O'Brien? Yeah. Yeah. It was the Stanley cup runner up got the O'Brien trophy. Um, back in the day, uh, there was the NHL foundation player award, which, uh, it, it most recently in 2017. So this, this was, um, this, this was one that, uh, I, I, I've made the point that I get why they do it. We have too many awards for NHL players for being like just good guys. We have too many, like leadership and community and King Clancy and, and y'all, I get why we want to have that. We should absolutely recognize that stuff, but it feels like half the award show is, is this stuff. How about this one? The Roger Crozier Saving Grace Award to the goaltender with the best save percentage. And that was as recent as 2007. It began in 2000. And it was, it was around for, it, for about seven or eight years. The Saving the Grace Roger Award. The Crozier Saving Grace Award. Yeah. What, really were they, what were they? Like, I guess you would have had to have played 25 games to mm-hmm. qualify? Yep. It was, that was exactly it. Minimum 25 games played. And yeah, it's interesting because Roger Crozier himself never led the league in save percentage. But uh, another one, the NHL Fan Fave Award. And it was actually Fan Fave, not Fan Favorite. Uh, 
that uh, that was <laughs> that was as recent as 2009. Uh, and there was a group of finalists, which apparently uh, Steve Mason was in the running for this award. So I I don't know. See, um, uh, and uh, by the way, Chris Flannery has looked it up, mm-hmm. and there was an Alka Seltzer sponsored plus minus award from 1989 mm-hmm. to 1996. I've, and the see, first I'm, winner I'm, was was not Mark Howe. It was Paul Cavallini. Wow. I, I've got so it here now, as it, it went all the way to 2008. Again, there was a lot of what happened? Uh, awards. Now, maybe it didn't. It, it must have dropped the, uh, the Alka-Seltzer. Uh, but. No, but, but here, the award was replaced by the Bud Ice plus minus award. There you go. Following the 95-96 season. What's Bud Ice? Merrick Malik won the award. Michael Roosevelt won in 2006. Do these guys um, have, like, in on Paul Cavallini's mantle or or whatever, is there, like, an Alka-Seltzer plus award that he had, like, a physical plaque? Like, I need to know this. Here, here's, here's a good one. This award was given out exactly once in 2004. The Road Performer Award to the player who accumulates the most road points. Oh, tell me it was sponsored by like a hotel or something. It's got to be. It's sponsored by Sheraton. Yeah. So this is yeah. just an obvious advertising. <laughs> getting, uh, getting your and Sheraton Joe Sackick points. Won it and then they got and then they got rid of it. And then they shut uh, the league down. Is what happened. Yeah. They shut yeah, the exactly. league down. And yeah. then everybody was was on the road. Yeah. And there also used to be an NHL Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, that uh, and again, that one went up till two thousand and nine. Like a lot of these are not way back in the olden days. That what. What was that? Was the award show just like four hours long in two thousand and six, and I I missed it? I don't remember any of these. But no, but so maybe look. Listen, instead of renaming things, maybe we just need to bring some things back. Yeah, uh, the, the NHL know, and, and, Lifetime Achievement Award was two seasons. It was Gordy Howe and Jean Beliveau, and then they got rid of it. So the Lifetime sorry. Achievement Award. What's the Hall of Fame for? Exactly. Exactly. I, is this like a? <laughs> I don't. Oh, man. oh my goodness. Yeah, listen, I I love to hear from listeners too. Like you you, you want to rename some uh, awards or you I think we just need to just go back and bring in some of these plus minus awards. Bring back the and, road performer award. Road performer uh, and the NHL fan fave. That's that's what we really need. Is is something something for fans to just be mad at each other about. And and, and the Roger Crozier Saving Grace Award. Yes. That one definitely back. is has got to come back. Yeah. Anyway, we'd love to to hear from people if uh, if they want to see some awards renamed. Uh, real quick, just to, to to wrap up this portion of it, like you'll hear a lot of people saying on the defenseman award, it's time to to create a Bobby Orr award which recognizes the best off the the defenseman who had the best offensive season, and then you keep the Norris separate, and maybe that help separate sometimes when, when guys just rack up points and what, whatever. Where do you come down on that argument? Like, w- would you, or would you like to see the Norris just rename the Bobby Orr? And yeah, that's I would go, here, here's what I would do for the major awards. If, if, if we're, if we're putting stuff in play, I, I would go, uh, Norris becomes the Bobby Orr. The Vezina, we, we have to have a debate over that because uh, there, there's a number Ooh. of guys that, uh, that, that we could argue with on that. Uh, and then I'm going to bring in, whether it's Wayne Gretzky, Marilyn, me, whatever, I'm going to be forward of the year because we don't have that. We've got defensive forward, um, and uh, but we don't. And then um, 
that that sort of reinforces that, hey, the MVP is not just a forward award. Uh, that's how it gets voted on. And I think part of the reason for that is that everybody, you know, you fill out your ballot, you do your best defenseman, you do your best goalies, and now you go, okay, now I got to do Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews. And so they get on the Hart Trophy. Um, and, and I had, uh, uh, I even had somebody suggest to me that, hey, you, you give out those three awards, right? The, the Bobby or the Hasek or whatever you call the Vezina and, uh, and the Wayne Gretzky. And then those three become your finalists for the MVP somehow. And maybe, you know, you, you go and put that out there. I don't know if that, if that would work. I don't know how the voting would go. I think that's kind of a cool idea though. I, I could do something. Yeah. Like I like that. Or I also hear about people saying, you know, rename the, if you want to really honor, say, I, I, and I would say if you're doing like the ultimate Mount Rushmore of this sport, you're probably, and, and look, it's always open to debate, but it, you would probably go Gretzky, Lemieux, or and how. I was thinking, mm-hmm. you know, that's easy. You could rename the divisions that way, right? Like, yep. you could. And, you and, could. And maybe that's one but way. But then it gets tricky. How do you, you know, who, or and how, man, those teams are in the same same division. You got to end up, uh, somebody's somebody's going to be mad. Oh, but Bobby Orr did play for the play for Chicago? the Hawks. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think of him as uh, Chicago, just like I think of Gordy and Hartford. Sure. Yeah. Wayne in St. Louis, right? Like, That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There we go. All right, here we go. It's a little Granger things with our pal Jesse Granger, brought to you by BetMGM, the exclusive betting partner with us at The Athletic. And Sean, you know, earlier in the episode, I said, you know, I, I, I spent some time on Thursday morning driving. I had to drop my daughter off to school across the city. And I said, I got to download the, the Wednesday pod. I'm going to listen to it on the commute, which by the way, the kids in the car, they weren't happy with that, but I don't really care. Mm, I'm, I'm in control. I'm behind the wheel. And I got to, I was shocked that the, the trifecta of Rob Pizzo, Jesse Granger, and, um, and Mike Russo were all in universal agreement that the NHL playoff format does not need to change. In fact, Jesse Granger, I felt like you were the most adamant of the three saying, come on, we don't need to change the playoff format. So Sean and I earlier, we kind of laid out the case for we'd love to see a play-in. Like, give us 9 and 10 playing 7 and 8, and then after that, the playoffs begin. Can you tell us why you oppose that of kind of expanding the playoff field to include four more teams in a, in a play-in format? Yeah. Uh, just to clarify, I would be in favor of changing the playoffs, but just back to the one versus eight. Thing. I, I don't like the divisional stuff as much, but in terms of mm-hmm. adding more teams, I feel like we already have enough. Um, I just, I think back to the bubble season, maybe, maybe I'm, <laughs> maybe I'm my, my uh, view on this is warped because uh, that bubble season, the Golden Knights played the Chicago Blackhawks in the first round and that Blackhawks team was just horrible. I'm talking a, the worst hockey team I've ever seen play in a playoff game. And it just to me, it screams this team. This league already has half the teams making it, which to me is too many. But the Stanley Cup playoffs are perfect. I don't want to touch them. Um, I just don't think adding more teams is going to make the playoffs better. That these teams are not going to be good teams because we're already getting, I, in my opinion, some not great teams in the bottom of the playoffs. Um, I think that it's also going to lessen the chance that you see first round upsets because I think those nine, 10 teams, seven, eight teams uh, are going to get beat up. They're going to beat each other up and then they're going to have to play against the one seed directly after. So I think it might take away some of the, the excitement we see in the first round. I think the NHL 
is probably I get maybe baseball um, most likely to see an upset like that. Whereas in basketball and football, the top seeds usually kill everyone. So I think it might lower that. And then the the other thing is, I think one of the bigger arguments I've seen for adding the playoff or the the play in is that it keeps fan bases in in it longer. It keeps them excited. They have a chance. And to me, the loser point already does that too much. It already has the loser point has made terrible hockey teams look like they're good enough to make the playoffs and keep them in this playoff run long enough. So I feel like they're already accomplishing that with the, I, I'd actually want to get rid of that thing too. Um, maybe Done. maybe it's I, a trade. Maybe, we get rid of the loser point. We get the play in. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Rubber stamp. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if this is, if, if many people out there will agree with me, but I just, I don't know. I, I like watching the best teams. I feel like the playoffs should be the best teams and I, we already get some, some not so great teams in the playoffs with what we've got. So, so Jesse, I, uh, first of all, a lot of people would agree with you. I, I absolutely know there's a lot of people screaming at their, at their device right now going like, he's right. Don't change the playoffs. We love the playoffs. Um, I got to say, I love that. It's the Vegas guy. Who's like the crusty conservative on this one. Like don't change <laughs> It's tradition. Come on. Um, my only response on that is I would make the argument that, you know, I agree with, with something you said, which is you're, you're not sure that this would actually make the playoffs better. I would agree with it. My main argument for this is it makes the regular season better. Um, it makes it more meaningful. It gets us away from, uh, these playoff races that are already decided, uh, you know, months before the season ends and, and, uh, and, and gives us something to, you know, some excitement to look forward to. And, you know, I, I'm, I bounce back and forth on these these upsets. I know there's a lot of people out there. You ask them, what do you love about the NHL playoffs? The first thing that they will say is the upsets. Any team can beat any other team. The eight seed can absolutely beat the one seed. Um, it's it's not like, for example, the NBA, where it, I mean, how often does an eight beat a one? It's it, it barely ever happens. It's not even like the old NHL where the Oilers or the Islanders, they weren't losing in the first round. There was no way. Um, but... I, you know, I, I think some upsets are great, but if it's happening all the time, they're, they're not upsets anymore. Now it right. just feels like we're flipping coins. And, and, you know, when you said that, uh, uh, you know, you said that I, I want to see the best teams. Yeah, so do I, but I want to see the best teams also in round two and round three. And, uh, you know, I don't want to see, frankly, the Montreal Canadians go to the Stanley cup final. Uh, you know, I would love to see them have to go have a little steeper hill to climb so that the teams like, uh, you know, I, I would have much rather seen Vegas and Tampa in, in that final. I would have seen, uh, uh, you know, I, I would have uh, preferred uh, a lot of these, you know, upset teams. Let's give them a higher uh, mountain to climb. And let's make it a little easier on these one teams. If you're the number one seed, you've earned something. You've done something. Uh, and, and I feel like it makes the season worth more because right now, what are we playing 82 games for, really? I mean, it's, it's 82 games to get home ice advantage that doesn't even matter through the playoffs right. and and you're a 55% favorite instead of 50-50. I like the idea of making it easier on the good teams and let's get, you know, another Colorado Tampa final. That was amazing. I, I would love to see more stuff like that. Yeah, you know, you know I think it was funny too Sean is when when Jesse said the 2020 Chicago Blackhawks were the worst play team he's ever seen in the playoffs and I'm like tell us you didn't live in the 80s without telling us you didn't live in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't. The 91 North Stars are like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before he was the North Division when you used to make yeah. and, and look, nobody's saying we go back to, yeah, back then when there were 21 teams, 16 made the playoffs, 
And literally, there were, t- I mean, I was a Leafs fan, and you just had to beat the North Stars. And the Leafs made the playoffs with like 55 points some years. It was absolutely <laughs> terrible. Um, I, I don't think we need to go back to that. But I, I like the idea of having a play in round, and then you, whatever, once the play in round's done, that's the playoffs. So we still have 16 teams. We still have a first round, you know, and, and, and all of that. Um, I like it that way. But right. again, I know you, you, you Vegas traditionalists, man. You just, uh, you just will not. <laughs> will not get off of, of the way that things used to be. I do like your points that making it easier on the top teams. I, I, I'll agree with that part. I, I will admit you've swayed me a bit on making it easier for the top teams. Um, I One of the things I said yesterday was I want a draft where the yes. top teams pick pick their opponent. Think because, of the, the, the theater yes. of that. Right. That's what I mean. The storylines. Yes. like. We, and, and make it an event to hold hold a TV show and have the GM. I want the general manager of the one seed to have to walk up to the podium and say, yeah, we want the Sharks or <laughs> whoever it is yep. they pick. And then that way, when they when when there is the upset and you, that you know that there's going to be, uh, it'd be so much more fun. And that's why that will never, ever happen. The GMs, oh boy, I mean, these guys aren't getting rid of the loser point. Can you imagine making that? Because because I'll tell you right now, like, you know, it. Kyle oh. Dubas gets gets a lot of heat for the Leafs not not winning in the first round. Can you imagine if the Leafs got up to the podium and said, "We want the Habs," and then lost that series? And uh, Kyle Dubas would be fired, you know, b- before the final yeah. buzzer. There is no way that any GM wants any part of that, which is a great reason to to, to do it, anyways. I I would just love think of, think of like ESPN and Sportsnet carrying it. Devils GM Tom Fitzgerald gets to the podium. We'll take the Rangers right. in round one. Like, oh, like boy. you know what I mean? Like, it would just be phenomenal. They just fire everybody up. I love that. Okay, one other thing I wanted to touch on uh, with you from from uh, actually maybe maybe Sean, we need to make the Thursday podcast. All it is is just a follow up of the Wednesday podcast with like that's right ling- yep. lingering questions that I have. So one thing that Sean and I have kind of we've we've often roasted, and, and we're not alone on this. We've often roasted the NHL for their lack of like kind of deep investigations into things. Like if there's a if there's a big controversy, we kind of laugh and we're like, oh yeah, the NHL did its due diligence and they kind of move on. You had a really interesting nugget that I just want to pick on just for one second here on the Wednesday pod. And that's in light of uh, how the NHL vets potential owners. And it sounds like it's a completely different process than some of the other investigations. And for the benefit of our listeners that didn't listen to the Wednesday pod, can you just share with us what the NHL did to kind of vet Bill Foley as the owner of the Vegas Golden Knights? Because th- this was a fascinating little nugget that, that I think you you shared on uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, it, it, I was shocked when he told me. Um, I, I had a Q&A with him. Uh, it's been about a month ago now. And he he's uh, it actually just went final the other day. He uh, has purchased AFC Bournemouth, uh, Premier League team, soccer team over in Europe. And I was talking to him about it. And he's like, yeah, right now we're in the process of the background check. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, I didn't even realize they did that. Like, I mean, I now that you say it, it's like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. And he goes, yeah, I don't think I'll have any problems, though, because it's nowhere near as intensive as the NHL's. Um, Bill Foley's 78 and the NHL went back and talked to people who served in the military with him back when he was in the army in his, wow. I think, 20s. 
Um, which is crazy. Like I, like I totally get wanting to make sure, like, especially after what happened with the <laughs> Islanders, um, I'm yeah. sure we've all seen the 30 for 30, um, where they sold it to a guy who had no money. Um, mm-hmm. I totally get like wanting to talk to some of Bill Foley's like business partners and like, just to make sure he is who he's saying he is, but to go all the way back to a guy who's 78 years old and talk to people that served in the military with him is impressive and surprising. Um, did not expect that at all. But yeah, apparently uh, buying an NHL team, you've got quite the background search. That's fascinating. I want to know now if if the Seattle guys got the same deal or if this was like a, you know, just maybe a little special uh, Vegas uh, treatment <laughs> uh, just, uh, just in case. But yeah, you're right. It's much, much better than the 90s where they just went, do you have money? And the guy would go, yeah, I got money. And they go, okay, we'll take your word for it. And that was the entire screening process. Yeah, that was the the John Spano. You're right. If you haven't seen the thirty for thirty, it's it's uh, it's fascinating. And uh, yeah, anyway, I, I just thought that was really interesting because uh, people wonder, you know, what's this? Because Ottawa's up for sale right now, and there's a right. handful of uh, prospective owners. And you, I think, shared some insight there for for people wondering. You know, people will often say, "Well, how come the process is going to take so long?" Well, it's because they're trying to track down people from their past. But wouldn't you love? Right. To, wouldn't you love? To have that, I would love to have that job where I'm trying to yep. track that. Because I, you know, wouldn't you love to just go back through either Facebook or like you have to track down somebody's high school yearbook? I would love that if that was my full time job. That would be that would be fun. And who's who's the person right now calling everyone who's ever been in a movie with Ryan Reynolds and just right uh, you oh know, getting the. Getting the, I don't know. The van, you're, you're, you're pausing yeah, the, the, van, uh, as, as the van, van Wilder credits are rolling, you're hitting pause and you're like, you're okay. calling Tara Reed up. Hey, look, uh, who needs it? Does he, does he owe you any money? And did he ever, did yeah. you ever have to pick up lunch and he didn't pay you back? What's, uh, what's going on? Yeah. 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 Anyway. Hey, listen, Jesse, this was great. I uh, appreciate you dropping by. And I, I do want to plug the, the, I, I feel like we sometimes don't. Uh, well, we all hate the Tuesday show. We can agree with that. But uh, the Wednesday show, we got to show some love with the with the with the Wednesday show. So make sure you check it out. Thanks for dropping by, as always, for Granger. Thanks. Have a great week, and uh, we'll get you again next Thursday. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, thanks, Jesse. All right, always great to have Jesse Granger joining us for uh, Granger Things. Let's get on over to the mailbag, uh, and you can reach us via email at theathletichockeyshow at gmail.com or and we always love these. Drop us a voicemail. Leave us a, uh, a message. And, and we got one here. Uh, the phone number, by the way, is 845-445-8459. And we were talking about how Haley Salvian and I did a, an attendance story last week. Devils fans got a little bit hot because New Jersey was ranked 30th in attendance. And uh, they're having a, a, just a terrific season. Well, Chris, who is a Devils fan and kind of lives in that area, he left us a voicemail with his thoughts on New Jersey's attendance situation. Thursday show, New Jersey area code, Chris calling here, just here to talking about uh, the attendance and uh, as a big Devils fan and big hockey fan, I'm not, I'm actually shocked that you said 86%. Uh, I'm not shocked that the Devils are at the bottom of attendance. And uh, I've always thought going to games that attendance there has kind of been disappointing. And a lot of uh, away fans, especially for uh, Rangers and uh, local teams, Flyers, Islanders, want to usually show up uh, in, in pretty pretty big numbers. And uh, I've always been disappointed in uh, in, in fan uh, 
attendance at the Rock. Uh, I feel like it could be better. Obviously, the team hasn't been good, but uh, it's uh, it's it's pretty laughable that people are upset about that. They should they if they go to the games, they they wouldn't be too surprised. Thank you. All right, so that's that's the voice. But let me also read a quick email here too, Sean from Jason, mm-hmm. who's kind of you know writing in on the same topic, and says, "Hey everyone, I don't want to be the typical upset Devils fan and rant." But I think you guys need a little bit of context here with their attendance. Since Ian is the Sens guy, I think he knows all about the little brother syndrome thing that some teams have. Well, the Devils are the third fiddle in their own market for hockey, and there are nine, count them, nine big four teams in this market. It's definitely a sore spot that we hear from Rangers fans all the time, even when the Devils are dominant. I know this is more of a league-wide look at attendance, but it's always been a sore spot for Devils fans. So there, there's a little bit of context here. And I appreciate the email from Jason and the, the voicemail from Chris as it as it pertains to it pertains to Devils Devils attendance here, Sean. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's uh, again, it's 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 fair, but as as we said last week, you're you're just posting the numbers. Um, you know, don't don't shoot the messenger on that. I I will say this, uh, you know, it was it was last week you were getting yelled at over the attendance thing. Um, you know, I had some Devils fans mad at me over different things, and I, I did my little mini rant where I said Devils fans were, uh, you know, getting a reputation for being the most sensitive, and you know they needed to chill out a little bit. Um, big thanks to Sean Fitzgerald for taking some of the heat off by dropping his oh, uh, Scott Stevens wow. the next uh, the next day, and uh, yeah. I just I just want to point that's Sean Fitzgerald, different Sean. I know I know yeah. it's confusing. Half of us are named Sean in this uh, around this place, but uh, um, I, I I want to thank him for that. By the way, I thought it was a great piece. I, I I thought he absolutely took a great angle, and uh, it was it was a fascinating uh, fascinating read. But uh, yeah, he definitely stepped up and uh, took the uh, uh, gave gave the gave us the distraction to slip out the back That's door right. on the uh, Devils fans thing. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we talked about Kevin Stevens last week and this week in hockey history. Uh, Adam writes in and says Ian and Sean want to drop a little bit more knowledge on uh, Kevin Stevens for you guys. Uh, you're both right, Sean. You were right. Kevin Stevens did play like a wrecking ball at his peak. And Ian, you were right that uh, the wrecking ball was Mark Recchi's nickname uh, that was bestowed upon him by the legendary play-by-play guy, Mike Lang. Also thought you guys needed to know, Lang had a great nickname for Kevin Stevens as well. Uh, Kevin Stevens' nickname around the team was Artie because he looked like, uh, the or he had the spitting image and personality of his dad, Arthur. And... Since Stevens played the way uh, that he did, like a freight train, Mike Lang started calling him the RT Express. So that was his, I guess his nickname in Pittsburgh. I didn't know this. Kevin Stevens was RT, and Mike Lang called him the RT Express, which my only question would be, would there not be some confusion when Rick Tockett entered the oh, equation? Boy. There it and is. His now initials are RT. And all these guys. The RT he, Express. He came over in the in the Mark Recchi trade, so maybe then you could you could oh, yeah, free up a wrecking ball. That's uh, <laughs> boy, that's a that's a tough one. I gotta say, man, love Mike Lang. Uh, I've I've always been uh, a fan of his. the The only thing that bothers me about Mike Lang is it, it the the two guys. There's Mike Lang and there's Rick Jenneret, who were very creative, very, and then it it feels like they were so good that they spawned a generation of of copycats. Where it's like you know you yeah. ever you ever be flipping around and it's say like some random out of market game and you hear the guy try it ah scratch his back with a you know you're just like oh dude you're not Mike Lang you're not Rick Jenneret settle down yeah two of a kind will never have uh, no one will ever be as good at uh, as those two at the the style that they did 
Yeah. Okay. We spent a lot of time talking about uh, foot hockey, socky, ball hockey, cosm hockey, whatever. And Jeremy writes in, and and, and Jeremy <coughs> grew up in Teaneck, New Jersey. And Jeremy says, look, I need to let you guys know we played something called foam hockey in high school in Teaneck, New Jersey. So in gym class and non-class periods, we'd have 2v2 or 3v3 games. We would put the nets on either side of the gym, so kind of in a basketball court horizontally. The ball was a wiffle ball. These guys were the modern-day pickleball people. But anyway, they used a, uh, uh, a wiffle ball. The sticks were plastic rods with large foam blades that we bent into a curve. Uh, those foam blades would break all the time. Uh, we would end up covering the cracks with duct tape. The games would be just a two, and you weren't un- allowed to use your hands unless you were playing goalie. Um, and then here's what I find f- funny. When one team would score the winning goal, the losing team would have to drop their sticks, and then it became a free-for-all between the winning team and the next team up for the sticks with the blades in the best working condition. I don't remember much from high school, but I remember foam hockey. That's from Jeremy from Teaneck, New Jersey. That was between the foam hockey and the the, the cosm hockey, uh, those plastic sticks, man. The curves on those. There was no such thing as too much of a curve. Everybody was just oh like gosh, hammering like them. You think, you think Bobby Hull had the banana blade in the in the 60s. I mean, this they, people were out there with like a full-on V, and you'd go to take a wrist shot, and I mean, it would bounce off the roof of the gym. Uh, and uh, you, you'd, But you'd stick with it, man. Nobody was, nobody was going out there with a subtle curve. And then Doug Gilmore came along with the flat stick, and suddenly everyone, at least where I was, everyone changed to, to try to copy that. Yeah. Okay. Let's wrap up the show with a little This Week in Hockey history. And uh, I got one thing for you, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't know about this. I'm wondering if you did. So we talked about this, I think, last week or the week before, that Ian Turnbull of the Toronto Maple Leafs holds the record for most goals in a game by a defenseman with five. In fact, I think we talked about this around the time that Tage Thompson had the five-goal game. Mm -hmm. We're like, wow, I can't believe only one defenseman has hit the five-goal mark. And it was a very random guy from the late 70s, early 80s, named Ian Turnbull, who scored five goals a game for Toronto. What I did not know, Sean, and I need to ask you about this, is that in December of 1981, December 12th to be exact, Ian Turnbull, then of the LA Kings, scored four goals in a game. I So I need to know, did you know that Ian Turnbull, the guy who scored five goals in a game as a defenseman, also had a four goal game on his resume. It's it's one of those things. It's like it's it's giving me like a vague like maybe I knew that on some level, but certainly if you would ask me, uh, you know, last week, hey, did Turnbull have any other big games? I wouldn't have thought of that. Now he's with the Kings. There, I mean, we all know that anything anything that happens Kings. with the Maple Leafs is more important than uh, than anyone else. And yeah, he probably did it in a yellow and purple uniform or or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's uh, boy when he got uh, when he got heated up. Uh, apparently, he was hard to stop. But, okay, so I'm, I'm trying to, like, just to give our listeners some context here. Ian Turnbull, in his career, scored 123 goals, okay? Mm-hmm. He had a five-goal game and a four-goal game, which means, if, I, if I'm, my math is correct on this, nine goals out of 123 is roughly 7% of his career goals were scored wow. in a two-game window. Like, That's great. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. This guy played 628 games in the NHL and scored mm-hmm. 7% of his goals in two games. Yep. That's, That's wild. That's pretty good. That's, uh, yeah, that's something. 
Anyway, and, and then he's out of the league in his late 20s. Like, he was 20. Like, what happened there? It's Yeah. I, I mean, th- it was just, we talked about the stat spoilers, man. Most of them are from the 80s. You get to, you notice, you ever notice that, I've talked about this before, where the NHL is, anytime you see a stat from the NHL these days, there's always that little, like, fine print <laughs> saying, like, since 1996. Yeah. And the reason they do that, it's, you know, it's not that they're trying to emphasize more the more recent history. It's just, it would all be 80s. You know, you, you Tage Thompson has done something that hasn't been done since 1996, but it happened 14 times in one season yeah, exactly. in 1982. So uh, all the, yeah, all so the Stastny brothers did it in one game. Like that's right. It, yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, hey, we'll leave it there. This was great. Uh, we wanted a little uh, promo. Uh, the Straight from the Source Pod with Russo and Smith. They're going to have Wild GM Bill Garen, Bill Garen with them uh, this week. So look, if we know one thing. When Russo sits down with Bill Guerin, there's always going to be something newsworthy, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, yeah. What was his... What was, the, what was the thing in the summertime with uh, Cam Talbot? Was he like, I don't have shit to do? Yeah, that's right. Like that. was he, yeah. yeah, was he the one who got that that quote? Yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was Russo. God. Yep, that was that was the quote, <laughs> of, the, quote of the summer from Quote of the draft. Bill Guerin. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. So anyway, yeah, make sure you, you hang out and uh, check out Straight from the Source this week. Uh, Russo and uh, Joe Smith will have Bill Guerin. You know, that'll be a lot of fun. All right. Thanks for listening to the Thursday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. If you want to drop us a voicemail, you can do that at 845-445-8459. An email as well, theathletichockeyshow at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube as well, youtube.com slash at theathletichockeyshow. Right now, great deal. You get a one-year subscription to The Athletic. It's $2 a month. Visit theathletic.com slash hockey show.